Welcome everyone back for another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it is your very first time listening to this podcast, it is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself has been providing news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap somewhat abbreviated recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Steve, race number three of the NASCAR Cup Series season at Las Vegas in the desert. Um, Saturday, the snowy desert of Las Vegas that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that added some extra TV time for Ryan and Logano in the Xfinity booth. So uh, I'm sure some folks enjoyed that, but it was bright and sunny. Um, and mild, and I, I heard, you know, rather pleasant uh, for the Pennzoil 400 on Sunday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And I think the race, uh, you know, if you go by the Jeff Gluck poll, two races in a row that hit over the 90% mark on if it was a good race or not. Um, and I would have to agree, all three races so far this season with the new NASCAR next-gen car have been kind of action-packed and exciting, and the car has been impressive. Now we've gone from a super speedway to a two-mile track to the bread-and-butter 1.5-mile track. Again, first thoughts. So we're probably just going to keep doing this as we get to different types of tracks. What are your first impressions of the next-gen car on a mile and a half? Okay, well, you know, people are still spinning out, and I guess that's what, you know, people are on the edge, and that's that's what everybody wants to see with the cars. Uh, these guys having to to drive the car, you know, and the harder you push the car, the harder it is to drive it. And, uh, you know, for the most part, that's what we're getting. So what's nice is it's not like, um, 10 car pileups either, you know, one guy spin by himself, one guy spin by himself. Um, this week was real interesting because a lot of the guys were smart about it. If they got a flat tire, they kept moving the car. And uh, they kept the car mobile. And by doing that, they got it to the pits and uh, didn't lose all those laps uh, having to be towed in. So they, they've, they're learning as they go. Each week is some sort of new thing that they're going to learn. And uh, some of these guys, like I said, some of these guys are uh, learning uh, pretty fast how to, how to drive on the edge. And I think it was good to see that. And I think part of it also may have been the surface. So they're spinning out of California, which is like sandpaper. And definitely was going to tear down some of those tires. And I feel like the Las Vegas surface, especially... Um, just with the weather and everything was a little bit more forgiving and I don't know, it might just be the way I'm looking at it, but seeing some of those cars go down the straightaway, I think you're seeing a noticeable difference in how they used to be set up. Um, and maybe it was like this in California. I just didn't notice it, but usually the front ends were like, you know, sucked down right to the racetrack, you know, trying to get as close to the track as possible. I noticed this week, it just seemed like the noses were in the air a little bit. And I have heard some crew chiefs and, and other folks talk about the fact that maybe that's on purpose to get more air back to that diffuser and the rear end that actually will give them more downforce than the downforce they used to gain from the nose being sucked down to the ground. Um, but I don't know if that helps with the tires as well. If the car ride height is just slightly a little bit higher or the shocks are different and the, the car's a little bit higher. Again, I'm not a mechanical expert by any means, but it was good to see that we really only had a, a 
couple of guys have trouble. We did see that um, interesting uh, Christopher Bell, I believe it was, that uh, had a tire go down and it was hopping, <laughs> hopping mm-hmm. up and down a little bit there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall racing, racing, I thought it was great and it was good to see the lead. I mean, we could, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit in the recap, but um, two weeks in a row now, the leader in some cases did get out to a pretty substantial lead and then guys were able to track him down and we had long runs didn't have, I think they didn't have a long, a run over 25 laps or something in California. This one had multiple long runs throughout the race. So you got to see how the cars changed over a longer run and you got to see guys, the comers and goers and, and guys actually track down the leader and pass the leader, which with some previous packages, sometimes the cars would stay or closer together and guys could get to the leader and they couldn't pass really, really great to see some passes made for the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the interesting things you said earlier about, about the, um, you know, the, getting the air to the diffuser and the front ends being up a little bit. The only thing that's bad about that is the crew shifts. Some of them tried to take advantage by lowering the air pressures a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they, you know, got the car lower and lower by doing that because they had more room to do so. But um, I think it's causing them to, you know, <laughs> have an issue with the flat tire here and there too. I, I honestly think that um, issue uh, we saw with Kyle Bush in practice, you know, first, you know, a couple of laps right out there. And I think it was the left rear went soft. So, and I think I, I jokingly posted before the race or that race weekend, um, Goodyear puts out like their, uh, what the tire pressures and things should be and what their recommendations for are and everything. And I think I put mm-hmm. that gift on gif on there as a response that was like teams colon. And it was just like, yeah, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause they, uh, crew chiefs definitely take that, uh, with a grain of salt. They're going to do what they can do to make the car as fast as possible. And Goodyear is going to cringe a little bit and, um, not be too forgiving when one of their tires goes flat, when you have not followed the uh, manufacturer recommended <laughs> air pressures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Hey, why don't we just jump right into our recap here of the Pennzoil 400 and, uh, let's talk about Ryan's Ryan, Ryan Blaney's run in the third race of the season. Yes. Uh, as Monty Python once said, uh, always look on the bright side of life before we get started. <laughs> um, you know, uh, they did, um, on Friday, they did the inspection again this week, uh, a couple days beforehand. And, uh, so I tried to hurry up and find that. And, uh, the four, the nine, the 21, the 38, and the 77 failed twice, uh, losing pit selection and a crew member. Um, hopefully this, this will calm down at the, you know, the more they come back to the track. Um, Saturday, uh, the practices have, have changed. They didn't do two 15 minute practices. Now what they did was one 35 minute practice. Everybody got to practice together. Then they did the qualifyings in the two groups. Um, so about 10 minutes, uh, in, uh, Ryan was winning practice as I put in parentheses there he was. winning practice. Yes. Yeah. So looking good, looking good. The 18 of course does wreck in that time span. Um, about 30 minutes in, um, the five car actually puts up the best speed all of a sudden um, at 29.8 and Ryan's at a 30 flat, which puts him like uh, P3 at that point. And he had run 43 laps, um, which is a lot of laps. There were only two or three guys that ran more laps uh, during that time period. So that's great practice time. If you're going to use it to learn how to operate this car, um, second best 15 lap average also during that practice. Um, you know, the qualifying group a ends up with a top five of the 20, the eight, the nine, the three, the 47. Um, and then the group B is what Ryan's in there and he goes out 14th I and mean, actually ends up being 13th because no Kyle Bush. 
Um, but the top five there were the five, the 14, the two, the 11, the 22, and the, and Ryan was the sixth fastest. Yeah. He was, it was uh, really close just to a couple of That's, that's the, that's the thing about it. It's just so minuscule how, how close these, uh, these times are once they zero in on, uh, their setup for the qualifying. Now, again, um, so, you, um, you haven't been a huge fan. I don't know. I keep harping on this. You haven't been a huge fan of practice and qualifying. Um, but I thought this 35 minute was like a really good sweet spot. I, was a little confused about the whole two groups, 15 minute thing, because you really didn't have a chance to, I mean, they have limited amounts of things that they can change in the first place, but I thought 15 minutes just really doesn't do it. And I don't know if their idea was to keep fewer cars on the track at once by splitting them up, but I don't know. I thought this worked out perfectly. I thought 35 minutes seemed great. Um, Cause teams would at least could get at least 30 minutes if they just stayed out, you know, depending on, you know, five minutes here or there for the 35, but it seems like a really good sweet spot in it. I'm going to guess they're going to go with this structure for a while, but I was a little bit sad that the day, I think the day that our podcast dropped last week, then that morning, right after, you know, we were explaining practice and qualifying again to folks that they changed the rules on us. But so <laughs> sorry if you listened last week and you were confused by the setup, but they, yeah, they did change it on the fly. Yeah. I, you know, I think there was some complaining is what it came down to, because if you're going to have 15 minutes and then three, three guys spin out during the 15 minutes, I know they red flag and stop the timer, but you know, it's very disconjointed and you just don't get, you know, any kind of runs together. And you're right for 35 minutes, we only had like one or two issues. And during that time period, you could get out there. And like I said, Ryan ran, Ryan went out a couple of different times and got, you know, 43 laps, even with coming in and going back out. So yeah, I think that's the way it's probably going to work from here on in for a while till something, you know, alters it or changes the idea. But I, I definitely think that the cries came from inside the garage on changing it, you know, so those guys could get more of a read and the tire manufacturer too, you know, during a 15 minute practice session, how many, uh, you know, cars can go out there and run 30 or 40 laps, you know, not, not many. And uh, I think that Goodyear wants to see how those tires are going to operate. Um, so yeah, the top 10 end up, uh, you know, with the 20 car, the five, the two, the 14, the nine, the 22, the eight, the 11, the 47 and the three, which is pretty interesting. Um, top 10, you know, the 47 sneaking up in there, uh, showing pretty good speed. Um, and of course, Ryan's going to start 11th, uh, overall on Sunday. So we get to, uh, the pit selection that was just kind of interesting. It's pit stall 14. And uh, there was nobody behind him. So he had an opening behind him coming in, which is, which is pretty cool. You don't have to worry about sliding in around somebody. Um, and you can set yourself for coming up out of there too, a lot, a lot easier. And the only thing about it was he was behind the 42 and, you know, depending on where the 42 is running, uh, there were a couple of times where when they were coming out, he was basically coming in. So they had to kind of like make sure traffic wise that Ryan can get out and around him, uh, time-wise and not, not lose a lot of time. Um, the stages were 80, 165, and of, of course, 267. They gave them nine sets of tires, which is kind of interesting that the tires um, have been less sets this year. They're, you, they're giving them basically enough to make the race, make it through the race. And some of these guys might be get to the end of a race and uh, not have a set, kind of like it. what happens with the truck truck series and the uh, Xfinity series. And it absolutely came into play at the end of this one, for sure. We saw several so, guys, I think even towards the end of the race had to go back to scuffs when it came to the, the last pit stop. So I don't know. It makes things a little bit more interesting, a little more anxious. So 
Um, yeah. And all the strata, the strategy that goes into <laughs> to, to the, yeah. the, the crew chief decisions. Definitely. Um, so of course, uh, Kyle Bush is to the rear and then Reddick is also to the rear. Uh, they did something with his, uh, they replaced the steering column, I think. Um, so Ryan was supposed to start 11th, but Reddick was in the seventh position. So actually Ryan's row moves up one and he actually starts ninth to start the race. Uh, of course, the competition caution lap 30 for the tire wear. Um, and as they get going here, lap three, he's up to eighth. At lap five, he passes the two and gets to seventh. At lap six, he passes, um, he's up to sixth. And he the 20 is leading at this point. Lap seven, he passes the 14th, gets himself up to fifth. Um, lap nine, he reports the car starting to get a little bit tight at both ends. And at uh, lap 13, he's in fifth, about uh, 2.7 back of the lead. So, uh, you know, now we get to mile and a half, uh, keeping track of like how far back you are from somebody. Uh, TV, hopefully TV will do a good job of this as the year goes on. Um, I know they show miles per hour sometimes, and that really don't matter. <laughs> yeah, people were really bugged by that last week. And I think Fox maybe made maybe heard that a little bit because, yeah, tons of times the run, running order as they run kept just showing how fast they were going. And I think maybe the first couple of races, people were interested in speed a little bit. I'm actually, it's weird. I'm not as, I'm more interested in top speed sometimes just to see how fast they go. But I'm glad it did seem like they did stick a little bit more to at least, you know, what the differentials were. Yeah, you know, there's two things I want to want to want to see, and I want to see um, versus the leader, or versus the car in front of him. You know, that those are the two things that the kind of metrics that you want to know. You know, is he gaining on the guy in front of him so that in a couple laps he might pass the guy? You know, is his lap times faster? You know, um, unfortunately the NASCAR.com app is not quick enough sometimes in real time, but it does. This year I've noticed it's actually doing a better job of letting you know um if he's closing on somebody within a lap you know so do you think we're so in this is just a weird offshoot here do you think we're so interested in this and i'm not by far throwing any shade on the buckeye bullet but we spent all those years as fans of dave and he was mostly with teams that were mid-pack and back so he wasn't usually on camera as much and i lived and died by the scroll that would mm -hmm. say how far back he was from the leader and then also kind of calculating how far back he was from the car in front just to see if he was going to make a pass soon. So I think maybe that, may, that might be part of the reason why you and I are really fixated on, on being able to see that information when uh, your driver might not be on TV. Do you remember race view? I did. I watched so many races just on race view yeah. that Dave ran especially toward the end of his career specifically because I would, at least I'd be able to see what, what he was doing. Yeah. Race view gave you, uh, you know, you could change the different views from, you know, so I would take a view from behind his car and then you, uh, there was a bubble that you put up above there and the bubble would definitely show, you know, how far behind the guy it would give you that uh, metric of how far behind the guy in front of him he was, like, unless he got a lap down, then it wouldn't, you know, it would just say one lap down. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'd like to see come back in some way, shape or form where, you know, you, you know, if your guy and that, you know, most of everybody listening is a Ryan fan, but let's say you're a fan of, uh, of Daniel Suarez. Okay. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to go to a dedicated area and watch and see how Daniel's doing versus the other cars around him and whether or not he's gaining on them, you know? So yeah, that that's something that 
they really should kind of look back into. I think there's I more, pe more people that would want to do that than, than they know about. It's you know? so weird that we took a step back in technology almost. While mm -hmm. it does seem like the TV partners actually started using that more, they definitely use it even just for the ghost car stuff for qualifying and various things like that. And I believe even um, the teams on pit road have like programs that take that SMT or however it said data and do the same thing to see where they're at running on track. And it's like, I don't know why they took it away from us. I was willing to pay the $50 or whatever it was a year just to get that. And yeah. uh, now we're stuck back to where we can only get radio and, and some other information. So bring it I back, gotta, please. I, I, just one more on, thing on that. I, I got to wonder why, um, you know, DirecTV used to have those dedicated channels, like three or four different ones each week. Um, now in this world of streaming, um, why NASCAR couldn't set themselves up some streaming channels, people could pay for it, you know, not saying you'd have to have it, but, uh, you know, let's say the top, you know, 10 guys or top 15 guys each week, you, you get a dedicated channel where you get all the telemetry and you get all that stuff. You know, they don't even have to have a broadcaster. They can just give you yeah. the in-car audio or something, you know. Yeah, I think the broad, the having an actual broadcast booth for every driver was insane at the time and way before yeah. its time. But yeah. I do agree with you. If, we, if you could get just the telemetry and maybe some form of what race view used to look like for a certain mm -hmm. number, of, number of drivers that you could pay for either on demand or in a season package would be fantastic. Fantastic. So that's our, our plea to, to all of the NASCAR you know officials that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Please yeah, bring back good. race view or yes, give us yeah. some more data. I, I'm sure people pay for we're paying for it back then. I don't know, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, at lap 17, he passes the five. He's up to fourth. Lap 20, um, <laughs> lap 20, something happened with Joey, but he finally passes him and gets to third place. And uh, lap 26, he passes the 11, gets himself up to second. And it kind of goes back and forth there between him and the 11, uh, between there and the competition caution. But Ryan does get to second place at the competition caution. And the 20 actually leads at the competition caution. So here we get our first uh, pit stop of the day. Dun, dun, dun. This is yes. what, I mean, quite honestly, all week I've been waiting for this moment yeah. just to see what would happen. Again, for anyone that, you know, was living under a rock that was a Blaney fan last week, just so much contention over the issues that the 12 team had on pit road. Um, if you listened again to the podcast last week, we spent, you know, a big chunk of time just trying to give you the facts. Again, it's not even necessarily our opinion, the facts of what happened. They had an issue with the setup of the car. Jonathan Hassler, the crew chief, you know, threw himself on the sword multiple times and apologized to the crew for, for what Ryan described in an interview with XM that we played on the show as well was a, an issue with the shock that they put on the right rear of the car that made it really, really difficult with the wheel well clearance to get the tire off the car that caused um, the horrible, you know, time that the crew had on pit road and that the crew really had to endure. Um, that was kind yeah. of the point we were trying to get across. And, um, we just wanted to present everybody with the facts and try to clear the air on that. And I, you know, hopefully we did the best that we could do and we weren't just, we really didn't want to come off as just apologists or something I, because mm -hmm. we truly knew that there was an actual mechanical issue. It was, it was a mechanical, so. Yeah. And it was a mechanical issue. And the first pit stop of the day proves that um, they go in second and they win the race off pit road and come out first. And I said, thank you. Just a small air pressure adjustment. And um, Jonathan tells him the tires look good. Uh, the restart um, Ryan's uh, 
on the inside. He takes the inside, which is really interesting today. Uh, most of the time, these guys take the outside on restarts, but uh, for some reason, Vegas, they felt like um, the uh, inside line was the better line for the restarts. Um, so we get Chusco, of course, not on TV, but uh, lap 38, we get a caution for the uh, 41 car spinning out, and Ryan's still in first. Uh, they, they stay out. Once again, another choose cone on TV, and uh, he chooses the bottom here for the restart lap 43. Another caution uh, in turn two for the 18, the 31, and three. So what happened here is the three hits the 31, the 16 bumped the 18, uh, trying to you know, you know, keep keep all this you know, out of, you know from getting into yeah. other guys, and um, the 48 passes Ryan before the next scoring loop. Yeah, so the just 40, barely too. Yeah. Um, so they stay out here. Um, That's a different takes... from last week too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every pit yeah. stop opportunity they had last week at California, they were coming down pit road, taking four tires. You're going to see throughout this race, a lot of two tire stops or no stops and mm -hmm. different strategies. So different dynamic from the week prior. Yeah. So um, 48 takes the bottom here. Ryan takes the top with the restart at lap 48. Um, at lap 50, the 11 gets into the mix here. He passes the 12 and the 48. Ryan ends up in second. Uh, this nice three-way battle on the back stretch going into turn three and four. Um, lap 64, we get a caution for the eight spinning in turn four. Ryan's just talking about needing more uh, more grip. And um, they're discussing what to do on pitting. And Jonathan tells him, do whatever the 11 does. Um, and Josh tells them as they're coming that everybody's coming. So everybody at this point decides to get some tires. Um, and they go in second and they come out third. Now here's, here's why it had nothing to do with their pit stop. The 10 car decides we're going to try this two tire thing. And of course, you know, um, fuel wise, they, they didn't, you know, need as much fuel and, uh, you know, just enough to fill it during two tire stop. So the 10 makes up those spots on pit road. Um, the 45, the seven and the 41 stay out Yep. on this caution. So here's, here's what's ends up starting to happen. Um, people are, you know, I saw some, some things and blaming, you know, a pit crew to this, no, at this point, what's happening is people are trying some alternate strategies and the no tire strategy. I never liked the no tire strategy. I don't know about you. Um, but, yeah. So being out in front of a bunch of guys who got four tires and even some guys that got two tires, is kind of a dangerous thing. And with this car, I don't even know, like last year you could block for a couple laps. You really yep. could, you could take, take momentum away this car. I don't know if you can do that as much. So, you know, Ryan's a P five for the cone. Um, and, uh, the leader, the 45 is the leader taking the bottom. Ryan takes the top, putting him in the, in the third row, uh, sixth position. Um, and the momentum, basically, you got to be careful. These old tires on the front rows, you know, by uh, lap 70, he's P7, you know. Yeah, the top line just did not get going on this. <laughs> and a lot of it had to do with the old tires out front. Yeah. Uh, by lap 73, the 24 is leading. Um, Ryan is in seventh at this point. Lap 81, at the end of stage one there. Uh, the 48 wins the stage. Ryan is seventh. So um, P7 some stage points to get to get the, the day going uh, things are looking promising they look like they're one of the faster cars um there were only two fords in the top 10 you know so he did a pretty good job there 
Um, he says something about not can't wait to get back to that 11 and I'm not really <laughs> sure what he meant. I think it just, I don't know if it's just because of how racy the 11 was and he wanted to be racy with him. Um, it's part of it, you know, cause the 11 was making a bold move or two out there. Um, Jonathan says we're going to pit work on getting uh, some more overall grip. Um, the, the four Hendrick cars are in the top six at this point too. So they've kind of shown off their muscle. Um, they pit seventh and come out ninth. Okay. And once again, not the pit crew. The six car took two tires. The 34 car didn't pit. And actually the 18 car uh, was the only car at that point, I think, that may have had a little bit of a better stop. Um, the leader taking the top here on this restart, which is the 34, once again, no tires, didn't pit. <laughs> and if you watch, when you watch those kind of restarts, pay attention to those guys because he dropped like a rock. And... Uh, caused almost caused a couple accidents on his way backward you yeah know? he only looked for like a half half a lap that he was going to hang in there but yeah as soon as i think as they came off of off of four it was uh he was dropped anchor yeah. and caused some issues going back through the pack yeah and, that, and that's the thing it's the other guys who have, have you know have fresh tires are kind of in danger here um so the restart lap uh 89 there ryan's in ninth uh, of course he passes the 34 right away ends up in eighth the six is leading at this point Lap 92, he uh, passes the 18, uh, gets up to seventh, and the uh, 11th is taken over the lead. Uh, lap 93, there's a caution for the 14 hitting the 99, and this one was just kind of crazy. They come across the 99, and and it was kind of triggered by the 34. The I yes. think the 99 was on the low side, the 34 was slow. Mm -hmm. um the 14 had a run on the 34 and che checked up about as hard as he possibly could and i think he may have bounced off i don't think he actually bounced off the wall but he in his attempt to slow down and not just you know run into the back of the 34 he hooked it left a little bit and it got him out of shape and just sent the the 99 car a hard hit into the outside wall and ended ended daniel suarez day and um he was just an innocent victim in, in that mm -hmm. and note note that that is the first car that took uh, no tires there that caused an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. he won't be the last. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, Ryan says we start off pretty good there. Um, Jonathan said, let's stay out. Um, the next, she's going again, not on TV. The 11 leads takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom row four P seven. And the restarts at lap 97. <clears throat> um, by lap 100, he's in ninth. And uh, at lap, well, you know, lap 102, he's racing around the, the 43. He says something snarky about it. Eric Jones, because Eric Jones is trying, trying to play the hero a little bit there, um, doing some dangerous things for early in the race. But uh, well, they don't have but, any history, so that's okay. No, yeah. <laughs> at, uh, and at lap 103, 104, here's where things go wrong. That um, once again, uh, Kozlowski was on two tires. Yep. And uh, he just uh, come out of four, turned sideways, locked it up right there, and was like a big retention wall right in the way. Uh, Ryan was running so close to him at that point that no he really yeah. had nowhere to go. Literally couldn't, you know. Um, what's interesting is the, um, the uh, scanner was way ahead of the TV this weekend. And, you know, I heard what was happening before it happened. And when you hear what Josh is saying, you're thinking, oh, maybe he's going to avoid it. But actually what Josh was doing, it was directing him what to do after he hit him. Yeah, it was too late. Uh, 
can't really. Yeah, it was too late. There was no time to, for him to, you know, say left, right, low, high, whatever. Um, so what, what you hear on the scanner at that point is you're hearing him directed to miss anybody else coming from behind him, you know, to get out of the way, basically. And on TV, just through the smoke, and I see the Pennzoil front end come out. And my apologies to Joey Logano, but, you know, I was really hoping that it was the uh, a different Pennzoil car that was coming out, you know, crushed up the front end crushed and it I had a feeling it was Ryan because I knew where he was running at the time and I knew he was running around Keselowski so um uh, a lot of a lot of folks on uh, on the social medias <laughs> had a lot to say about Brad because um that six car has been involved in a lot of incidents this year and, and I again I'm not a professional stock car driver but um some folks you know were saying you know maybe he's trying to drive over you know, what the, the equipment at Roush right now, I mean, I, I have no doubt that Keselowski will be able to build them into a contender eventually, but you know, just where they're at right now, maybe is it where it is, but it does seem like he's, he's had some issues with handling the next gen car a little bit and it, and it cost, and it cost Ryan, uh, a Ryan, a race here. Um, he did have a fast car. I was assuming he would end up in the top five by the, by the end of this one. So unfortunately we won't know and um mm-hmm. one thing i was quick to remind some people there's a lot of like very angry people at brad you know for you know having no talent and all this stuff and ruining these things and just one thing again just to try to be uh, a little more positive about things you gotta remember ryan has ryan has wrecked people before ryan has spun out and got in crashes that collected other cars ryan's made a mistake on some super speedway races before even though he's very talented there and took out multiple cars in you know one swing so you got to remember there's some give and take here in NASCAR and mistakes can happen very easily, especially when you're on the edge with the new car. So was I mad in the immediate aftermath? Yes, because I knew that the 12 car had a lot of potential and I was very upset because the pit crew was on fire <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I thought there were some opportunities for them to gain positions this week and they didn't even get the chance. Yeah. You know, Brad, um, you know, Brad's name is on the company and uh, tra- he's trying to help that company make a name for itself. And uh, he has, he has skills and ability, but pushing the two tire thing was, was kind of the thing that was kind of crazy. Um, but then again, these guys don't know until they try either. So, you know, I kind of said something in the discord chat earlier in the day about, um, you know, he should have pretty good day as long as he stays out of other people's messes. And that was just, way too much foreshadowing going on there um i apologize for that i'm not gonna make <laughs> any more like predictions like that if i can help it um but uh you know these things hopefully are minimal don't happen often um he wasn't back in the pack because he was running badly um there were just a lot of guys who did some of these different strategy things that you know if the race would have went on he would have you know found his way past those people because he was definitely faster you know, Ryan's led laps in all three races this year. So, you know, what, so far, 10, this, I think 10 at Vegas this past week. So, yeah. So speed is there, you know, speed is there. The driver's there. Um, once again, this next week should be a lot of fun. I think yeah. every week right now is potential to win, you know. So you've had uh, our quick thoughts on the crash. Let's give Ryan's thoughts. He did a brief interview with uh, Fox Sports after the wreck. It looks like he just spun out on his own. Um, and I was around the top and ran right into him. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. Just lost right in front of us, I guess. And uh, happy still running. We're sitting in here. Right. So, yeah. So basically he said right at the end there, happy he's still running. We're sitting in here wrecked. 
Um, we've seen a couple of, uh, of little slightly upset interviews from Ryan so far this season. Hopefully we don't see too many more of them. Um, maybe only if he's, you know, finished the second, a few times I could stomach it, but uh, have to have a little bit. And uh, you have, I think you have his quote that he also talked to some other yeah. press after as well. He, he's a little, you could tell a little, little uneasy here. Yeah. Well, you know, he should be, and that's, that's good. That's what you want. You want that fire. Um, yeah. His, uh, his uh, little post-race quote that he puts out on like social media is, uh, says the six spun out uh, on his own right in front of me and I plowed into him. I won't call it bad luck, but when someone just spins out in front of you and wipes you out, there's nothing to be happy about. Uh, we had a pretty fast car and nothing to show for it. And uh, you know, that's just kind of the way everybody felt. Remember the, um, remember the TV brick back in the day? Yes. Remember those? Well, maybe we got to start bringing those back. I saw a lot of people like trying to figure out how to be frustrated. You know, um, some people verbal verbalize it online through Twitter or Facebook. Um, but I, I remember the TV brick was a great way to do it. There's foam bricks and you just threw it and it just bounced off whatever, you know? Yeah. Nobody throw, got, nobody gets injured, you know, throw some of those things instead of, you know, yelling about how he was so far back in the pack because they can't figure it out again, but <laughs> we'll just see, but no, I, 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 I don't know. It was overall, um, I mean, you can do a, a quick summary of what happened throughout the rest of this race. And if we want to talk yeah. about the, the Hendrick teammates. So, yeah, maybe we'll do that and then we'll summarize. Yeah, re- else. yeah real quick. Uh, the, let's see here. That caution happens. My lap 113, Ch- 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 Ross Chastain takes the lead and that becomes kind of interesting and fun. Um, see Trackhouse out front again. Two, two weeks, two weeks in, a in a row. Yeah. Um, Lap 135, Chase Briscoe spins from 19th. Sendrick also spins from 20th, both entering turn three in separate spins. Um, Christopher Bell made slight contact with the Harrison Burton there. Um, you know, Briscoe ends up in the garage with that. Um, at lap 140, uh, Larson takes the lead, uh, leads the field to the green after the pit stops uh, with Chase Elliott on the uh, outside. Chastain gets to second here. Bell spins on lap 142 from second. And Burton also spins uh, from 21st, bringing out another caution. Uh, Hopefully that 21 team gets, uh, I've had some bad luck to start the the season, all three races. So hopefully Harrison Burton can turn things around uh, at Phoenix. Get himself something going. Um, Let's see here. We get to, let's see, Larson leading at lap 148. Uh, Lap 166, Chastain wins the stage though. So he comes back and passes there. The first stage win for Trackhouse. Um, Christopher Valls, the free pass on that. So he gets back into the mix. Um, they all pit there. Ross Chastain leads the field to the green from the inside with Kyle Busch on the outside at lap 175. Uh, we get to about lap 221 there. Denny Hamlin broke something when he spun and stalled, bringing out another caution. So they had some green flag laps there for a little while. And Hamlin, that's another issue getting used to the new car. What he actually did was, um, he was his muscle memory from the H pattern shift failed him a little bit. So he was coming out, out of the pits and attempting. So it was, I think it was green flag pit stop and he was attempting to downshift, but he went forward on the sequential shifter. And um, he says they broke the transactional, but yeah, some, some form or way they broke a gear and they weren't able to get that car back into gear. And he was pretty dejected. And I think slightly embarrassed by the mistake, but you're going to see this happen. It could happen to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of a race it just, they got to remember totally different 
everything's different about this car. And one of them is the sequential shift in comparison to the H pattern that they used to have. Yeah, we get to lap uh, 227 here. Um, Bush is uh, leading the field of the green, Chastain on the outside. Um, they go pretty pretty good amount of time there, but lap 256, Truex and Kyle Busch are battling for the lead. And then at lap 265, the caution comes out that changes everything. Um, Eric Jones gets into the wall from, he was in seventh, and uh, spins uh, up the track, barely missing uh, Stenhouse and, um, you know, bringing out the next caution. And that was really, really rough because you could see almost like what the race director was trying to do here. Very similar to the last lap of the race at California. You know, Eric Jones had spun a little bit through the toward the infield and he had it heading straight again. And I think he was holding his hand. He didn't want to push that yellow button or whatever color button it is for the yellow lights and the caution to come out. But at the last second, Jones shoots up the track mm-hmm. and Bubba Wallace, you know, makes the decision of his life there that, you know, possibly saved both cars from being Mm -hmm. completely unusable in the future, but he sacrificed his race for it. And he ended up in the tire barrier in the wall at the bottom of the track. And honestly, Bubba was running, you know, pretty decent all day long and essentially lost a top 10 finish. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to totally blame it on NASCAR for trying to keep it green. So Mm -hmm. you can't say they aren't being consistent this year because they did hold, (laughs) they did hold off both times, but, um, unfortunate what ended up happening also unfortunate that it ended that just the caution itself ended that battle between truex and bush because it was heating up yeah and then uh you know the 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 next set of pit stops here you know larson bowman byron um all take two tires and kyle takes four and what's interesting about that i heard that um none of those teams coordinated the two tire stop all three um uh, crew chiefs decided to do that on their own and if you're going to do it, this is the time we, you know, kind of criticize it a little bit earlier, question it a little bit earlier, how very early on in a race, very early on in a stage, some of those teams were taking two tires. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to do it, this is the time because you only yeah. got two laps to survive and two you laps. could still maybe end up with a top 10 if, you know, depending on where you were running prior to that. So, um, but you'll see here, it ended up much better for the Hendrick cars. Yeah, Larson leading the field to the green from the outside. That that was another thing. Why did he he took the outside? I don't quite understand why. All day long, everybody took the inside. So he was on the outside. Bowman on the inside. Um, Kyle Busch uh, lined up third, uh, but he did not get the start he wanted. And uh, Bowman, within those two laps, makes the move, gets by the the five, and uh, takes the win. To the to the pleasure of Kyle Busch. Yeah, Kyle wasn't very happy on his in-car radio, which was quickly reported by every reporter ever on social media, what he said. Um, But during his actual post-race interviews, he was fairly gracious and positive, which is a little bit different. I mean, he fluctuates back and forth on that. Um, We'll see him snap eventually, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, what he he said, Bowman backs into all of his wins. And I think I mentioned to you, it's like, I can't disagree uh, I think people were putting up stats saying, you know, in most of his victories outside of a race that he dominated at Dover, he's really only led a, you know, 10, 15 laps uh, or fewer in most of his wins. But um, much like Ryan Blaney at uh, the the Roval, that, you know, victory that he had early on in his career, you got to put yourself in the position to win and take advantage of what happens. And he had to hold off the defending champ um to get that victory in the first place so um 
I think he deserved the win. It was unfortunate for Kyle Busch, who was, you know, dominating the later stages of that race. Um, still wasn't guaranteed a victory if that caution didn't come out because Truex was, you know, right on his bumper. So I don't know. Could, congratulations to Alex Bowman. Um, he does notably tie Ryan Blaney now with both seven wins apiece in the Cup Series and a uh, second straight win for Hendrick Motorsports this season. Yeah, that, uh, you know, it, Hendrick is, is, looks like the team to beat again. But then again, um, if Ryan has uh, some of these days where things aren't happening around him and the issues aren't happening, I really, really see that the, the 12 program looks like they, they should be able to compete with those guys week in and week out. And uh, like I said, it, I think the days are coming here soon, probably this weekend. And the other thing to note, another interesting stat was, I think they said 25 different drivers have finished in the top 10 in the three races this season. Only one driver has finished in the top 10 in all three, and that's Eric Almarola, who is in his final season at Stuart Haas Racing is after he announced his retirement. So that pretty much wraps up our recap of the Pennzoil 400 from this past weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. What, Ryan, I don't even know if we said it. I think he went on to finish in the 36th position. That goes with his 17th place finish the previous week at California and his fourth place finish the week prior to that in the Daytona 500. So he has slipped from fourth um, down to the teens in the in the Cup Series point standings, but it's all very still very close together. So he has plenty of time to make any of that up yeah he's only like five five points from the top 10 yep. you know so just this 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 week alone when he you know when he puts some stage wins out there and and wins the race you know no problem so speaking of this week the nascar cup series is headed off to phoenix raceway the first time back there since they held the championship race there this past fall where we saw kyle larson go to victory lane and claim his first cup series championship so we're going to be there sunday march 13th for the instacart 500 you can watch it on Fox, on MRN, and SiriusXM NASCAR radio at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Also, keep in mind, uh, for those folks that do this, um, got to change your spring forward on your clocks on Sunday. Um, so I don't know if that will uh, you mess up your, your race time or your race, race day ritual. You might need to go to sleep a little bit earlier because you're going to lose an hour of sleep there. So that way you don't snooze during the middle of an exciting race. Um, so just keep that on mind on Sunday for, you know, most of the U S where we are, except for, I think a few pockets of places, um, moving it forward. Actually, honestly, I think Arizona is one of those ones that in certain times of year, they don't, they don't change clocks. I don't know if that counts for this time, but, um, so again, the Instacart 500 this Sunday, 3 30 PM Eastern time, you can catch it on TV and on all of the other radio channels. And if you want to go back to stats, Ryan Blaney has two poles at Phoenix, so they will be doing practice and qualifying again. I believe they're going to be doing it in that 35-minute uh, session. Then a Group A and a Group B will go out for qualifying in 12 starts at Phoenix. Ryan has three top fives, seven top tens, an average finish of 14.3, and he's led a lot of laps there going all the way back to 2017. Um, he's led 11 laps, three laps, 94 laps, in the spring race of 2019 um and then also one lap in 2020 and then the last two races there 35 laps and then in the season finale last year he led 33 laps on his way to a fourth place finish so last three finishes at phoenix sixth tenth and fourth and he had a pair of third place finishes in 2019 um so 
I'm good. I mean, I'm sad that, you know, Homestead isn't the championship finale track. I'm happy for Ryan Blaney that Phoenix is the championship finale track because if that 12 team can just get there at the end of the season uh, into that top four, it's a really, really legitimate shot to win. And he could win this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this, um, this, uh, they tested uh, Phoenix uh, during the winter and uh, you know, it's testing, but then again, they did show you some of the testing times and, and the 12 car um, was top of the board <laughs> during testing at Phoenix. So uh, this weekend should be a really fun weekend to watch the 12 car in action. And I don't know, it sounds like from the test, they didn't mess with this based on some of the interviews that I'm hearing this week. Um, there's a lot of questions about whether uh, these cup teams, I know it'll happen in Xfinity and I don't know if don't, are trucks off this week. I think they might be, um, but the dog leg yeah. with that diffuser they have on the car and how important that is. And I almost feel bad for Phoenix because I think they reconfigured the entire track just to get that dog leg into, you know, in front of the grandstands. So um, are they going to be cutting the, cutting the corners there? Um, yeah. Joey Logano um, on his XM time said, you know, he wasn't sure. He said, you know, he's had the conversation with Paul Wolf already about whether they would or not. And he said, you know, you know, sometimes with him, he might just do it anyway, <laughs> just to see what happens, mm-hmm. but you got to do it early in practice, I think, because you might need some time to fix your car uh, if it does uh, go South. So, but I don't know, it, it could take, a little bit away from Phoenix and just some of those restarts where they would get, you know, five, six, seven wide. I think the, this past season, uh, Chase Elliott was going all the way down to the pit wall uh, mm-hmm. in some cases on some of those restarts. So, but that transition from that flat, you know, all the way up to the banking, is going to be really rough on these cars and you might see a lot of sparks flying. Yeah. From what I'm hearing, a lot of the guys aren't going to try it until there's like, 10 laps to go <laughs> and then they're going to try whatever it takes at that point but yeah um, to have a wounded car um, early in the race would not be a good thing so um, I don't know though it might make the racing better uh, because you're going to have guys have to race next to each other a little more um, I don't know it'd be interesting to see so again you can catch the Instacart 500 this Sunday at 3 30 p.m eastern time on Fox and MRN Sirius XM NASCAR radio Let's see if Ryan Blaney can pick up the W. Somebody that's not going to pick up the W and didn't pick up the W was me once again in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Um, was not another stellar performance for me this this week. Um, let me go through what my starting lineup was for uh, this race at Las Vegas. I had Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, which I put him in because how stout he was at California. And he did have some flashes of brilliance in this race. Um, and didn't he finish, ended up finishing okay, but he did crash or he did spin out at one point. I had Christopher Bell, the pole sitter, and that was kind of a last minute decision. I thought Bell was kind of trending upward here, showing a lot of speed. So I threw him in the lineup and I actually had started Ryan Blaney and I had Kyle Larson in the garage um, forced to move larson into this the lineup uh just after just before the stage two ending and took ryan out i took him out you know at the last possible second just in case something else happened to him as well because i don't want to you know spend a larson start um so almost almost worked out um so um my featured matchup picks the new bonus picks for this season i had picked 
or I picked Kyle Larson to, to win that matchup. And that worked out. I picked Joey Logano to win that matchup. That did not work out. It was Joey Logano versus Kyle Busch. I selected William Byron over Tyler Reddick, and that did work out. And I selected Kurt Busch over Austin Dillon, and that did not work out. So bonus picks were kind of split a little bit there. What was your team looking like, and uh, how do you think you did overall this week? Oh, boy. Um, well, I had, you know, had Ryan, and I had to move him to the garage. So then yep. once I moved him, I, I had Denny, Christopher Bell, Briscoe, Larson and Byron. And of course, Hamlin finishes 32nd. Briscoe finishes 35th. Um, Bell ended up with a top 10 at 10th and Byron fifth and Larson second. So, you know, I got some points there, um, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, my fantasy or the, um, those other picks was half and half, you know, two right, two wrong. So I think I ended up way down the list. So let's take a look at that list. <laughs> We're going to run through um, the top, I guess it's nine, because we have some ties going on here in the uh, most points earned at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And this first one sounds like uh, she should be leading the way every week. Math Mom 4, 246 total points, far and away uh, the highest point total of the weekend at Las Vegas for the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league in second, we had David Lazaro with 233 points in third racing racy boy racing 231 points tied for third Blaney kicks beep the return of Blaney kicks beep, um, with 231 points as well. Fifth rogue tough. Another one from last year, 230 points, six super mod, 228 points seventh bill cunningham 227 points eighth semper blaney 226 points and then tied for ninth the prime minister three and eric d 15 with 224 points i am happy to report um though i i didn't end up last um 41st position for me 167 total points but more importantly you finished below me, 45th, Maz 12, 163 points. So um, I win this week, Steve, uh, but Ouch. you are winning the war. <laughs> um, the overall standings for the Team Blade NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Um, again, He's back. Back, back to number one. Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing is leading with 615 total points on the season. Three races in, second Supermod. Again, another one of those top uh fantasy teams from our league last year in second with 600 points 15 points back from clyde third eric d 15 586 points fourth blaniac 10 581 your team mez 12 has dropped from first to fifth 573 points math mom four with her big showing this past week 568 points vincent 12th and seventh 566 eighth semper blaney 564 ninth blaney kicks beep 562 points and rounding out the top 10 fry gal 12 561 points i do have to make a correction in a in a name from last week um mm -hmm. somebody that joined our discord chat over the weekend which again discord has been it didn't get as much momentum this past week because the race was short for ryan um but Dis discord has been great so far this season but um in the 25th place in the standings, it is Blaniacal. Blaniacal, 508 points. 25th point place in the standings, Blaniacal. So now I know that going forward. 
Um, they also, you know, said that, <laughs> that we would be saying that name a lot this year. All so right. um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So Blaniacal, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for joining the Discord. And thanks for being a part of the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. I did, I uh, was made good on my promise uh, the last episode that I was going to go ahead and remove a bunch of people that um, had signed up for the league, but had not created a, a lineup in the first three races. And I said I was going to go through and I was going to remove everybody because we are capped at 100 members. And um, we do have about 75 or 74 active members that have participated in um, at least one of the races so far. So there is an opportunity now over the, over the weekend. And I know this will fill up eventually as the year goes on, but you can still join in. Um, you can throw together, you know, three or four great weeks in a row and you can find yourself in the top 10 really fast here. So yeah, I think right now we have 76 members out of the hundred, 100 available. Um, and we've already, since I've removed some folks, we've already had four more jump in here. So um, go ahead, join the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Lively. You just have to go to NASCAR.com, go to the Fantasy tab, create what's called an entry, and then name your entry. And then there you're going to see a little link that says join a league. If you click join a league, search for Team Blaney Podcast or just Team Blaney, you'll find us. You can join that league um, and have some fun. And again, if you uh, end up in the top 10 in either the overall standings or in the standings, the top 10 standings for that week of that race, uh, you'll get a shout out here on the podcast. So that wraps up a lot of our NASCAR side of things, but we do have some um, breaking Sharon Speedway SRX Superstar Racing Experience news that, you know, we have all pretty much been waiting for this whole time. I've mentioned, you know, almost every episode, uh, especially since the SRX uh, had announced that they're going to hold their season finale on July 23rd at my former home track and, you know, former place of employment, Sharon Speedway, uh, really where I grew up watching racing and working in racing. Um, so excited for them to be on the national stage and have just, you know, all year long last year during SRX all off season long, I've been tweeting at them and commenting and sharing their posts and sending messages, um, hoping that they would make our dreams come true and put at least one. There's got three Blaney's to pick from at least one Blaney uh, behind the wheel at Sharon Speedway for this SRX finale. And they finally announced that it's going to be the Blaney versus Blaney battle father versus son ryan blaney and the buckeye bullet dave blaney will both steve they will both be racing in this srx finale at sharon speedway their family's home track up there in hartford ohio and i don't know if you could tell from my voice but i'm just so pumped up that this is happening and words really cannot describe it um don't think i'm going to be able to get up there in person um hoping you're going to be able to get up there in person um, snatch some tickets up, but just overall thoughts. I know, I think you probably had a sense that this was coming. Honestly, you know, David Hawk and, and some of their SRX, you know, you know, they've been interacting with the team Blaney account a little bit and I, a little bit, and I feel like, you know, <laughs> I said, I mentioned them. I think they've just been messing with us this whole time mm -hmm. holding out because they've been, you know, a little bit tight lipped, putting out driver announcements here and there. And then finally it just drops. And uh, just so glad to announce that, that both Blaney's both of the, or, you know, Ryan and, dad dave are going to be racing in this race and it's going to be a packed house i gotta imagine yeah they um when they announced the date that they, that sharon speedway had gotten gotten the, the race um with their series um i started looking up the date 
and, and, and looked at the NASCAR schedule right away. And it's like, Hey, wait a minute. They're at Pocono. Well, Pocono is on the other side of the state, but by plane, it's really not that far off. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe an hour, depending on how, how, what kind of jet they got and how quick they can hustle it over. And that's what I thought to myself is that, well, they definitely have to have Dave in the race, you know, it's his track. And last year they did that thing where they had a hometown hero and I thought for sure, you know, Dave was going to be in it. And I thought, well, maybe his brother, you know, maybe they take his brother or whatever, but, uh, but I kept thinking in the back of my head, it says, you know, they put, they, they, they let Chase Elliott do it last year <laughs> and um, finding out from that Roger Penske actually paid good attention to the SRX last year as um, uh, the one driver, oh, I can't think of his name now. The one I mean, Elio Castroneves, who was one of it, was a Penske driver at one time, but then also, yeah. I know they have a, a Penske driver that's competing in a race this year as well, too. So, yeah. So, you know, but there was the, the gentleman from, uh, from Florida that um, was on Dale Jr.'s download a couple of weeks ago. I can't think of his name now. So it's bothering me. Anyhow, um, Roger actually picked him up to race uh, the Indy Lights this year. Uh, after what he saw oh, Ernie Francis Jr. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Ernie Francis Jr. That's yes. right. He's running the and Penske Indy Lights program now. He's running the Penske Indy Lights program. And it's partially from what Roger saw him do in this series last year. So um, you know, you knew that he was paying attention to it. So it was just a matter of whether or not uh, you know, they'd let uh let Ryan be able to do it and logistically as long as the weather is great that day and no please and, god please yeah. racing weather gods let it let it be yeah. nice in there in northeast ohio yeah it should be and uh you know it should be a great night to be there um uh, i'm you know this this podcast will drop and hopefully i have the tickets by then but when they made the announcement uh monday um that it was going to be both dad and son my wife said i'm not allowed to talk to her till i get the tickets so <laughs> and yeah by the time this this yeah this comes out in the morning um tickets are being released you can you can find the information we've retweeted it out um so march 9th 9 a.m that's when the general admission and reserve advanced tickets are going to come out for the race i believe in advance the the tickets reserve it was like 42 and 40 dollars. they said day of 45 dollars. Mm -hmm. unless i mean i there's a chance i know they, they had opened up some uh, area of the infield at one point for spectators in the last couple of years at Sharon Speedway there's probably some standing room only I gotta imagine there's really not going to be that many grandstand seats at least available at Sharon for this race because not only are the people you know the Blaney fans and everyone NASCAR fans um, honestly IndyCar everything uh, fans in Northeast Ohio Western Pennsylvania are going to be headed to this race I've already seen some Blaney fans in the discord that are going to be traveling from some distances as well. Their first time at Sharon Speedway, which is awesome to see this race. So I would highly recommend uh, you get on that website in the morning or sometime uh, on Wednesday, the 9th to, to get your seats because it's going to be awesome. And I told Steve, you know, it, hopefully again, he has the opportunity to get up there. Steve and Kate get there early. Sharon Speedway is kind of out in a rural area. There's really only one uh, main road up there that I lived off of. So I know um, that, and then it, it kind of gets back into some back roads. So 
Um, SRX does this, at least they did last year, this kind of amazing experience for fans where there's an autograph session that they hold for an hour or two, where if you're in line early enough, you get the opportunity to meet all of the drivers. I understand with your ticket, if you purchase a ticket for this race, they are doing a, a pit area experience to where you're probably not going to be able to get right up to the haulers, but they're going to have areas of the pit area for viewing to where you can see the teams and the drivers working with their crew chiefs, which again, there's usually some celebrity crew chiefs that, that, that are there. I know Jeff Hammond and some other guys were served as crew chiefs in the past. So Steve, Ryan Blaney, Dave Blaney only competed together in one NASCAR cup series race or sorry, one NASCAR national series race. They did compete in qualifying together in a NASCAR cup series race, but only one NASCAR national series race. And what does that have in common with this race at Sharon Speedway? Uh, it was on dirt. It was on dirt. <laughs> <laughs> the truck series race at Eldora where Dave actually finished higher than Ryan. I think Ryan had a little bit of issue at the end of that race. And Dave did, uh, did battle for the lead a little bit there at Eldora in uh, a BKR truck. So they were, mm -hmm. they raced as teammates and uh, that was the only time they raced against each other in NASCAR. They did attempt to race each other once, but Dave didn't end up qualifying. And I believe your story that you like to share is that Ryan bumped him out uh, mm -hmm. from that race to qualify for, uh, for one of his first cup starts. So um, I don't know. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I know a lot of Blaney fans, especially back in my hometown and uh, obviously where you're from, because we're from the same area are pumped to get out to Sharon Speedway and honestly, first class facility, um, I'll just say from the get-go, it's going to be packed. Give them a break. Um, they hold lots of, and especially this specific year, lots of huge shows hold, being hosted at Sharon this year from World of Outlaws to the All-Star Circuit of Champions to the World of Outlaw Late Model Tour. Um, their schedule is insane in 2022. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the area or if you like to travel out to dirt tracks just in general, um, Sharon Speedway should definitely be on your list. Um, but again, this is Saturday, July 23rd. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. They go on uh, sale Wednesday, March 9th in the morning. You can catch, get them on the website. Um, we're sharing all the links. I shared multiple links from the Team Blaney uh, Twitter account to where you can find that out and get out there and cheer on the, you got two Blaney's in the race and we'll, we'll see if one of them can pick up the W at their home track and share in Speedway. Yeah, the Buckeye bullet and the son of a bullet running together <laughs> let's do this all right steve well i think you know it wasn't as long of an episode as maybe we have because we didn't have a full race to recap um but it was still good um cliff notes ryan had a good another another time that jonathan hassler has put a bullet under ryan blaney for a cup series race the pit crew was on fire this week wish they had a chance to uh finish out the race and get some more pit stops under their belt the Cup Series is headed to Phoenix. You can watch that race on Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. But for now, I just want to thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, go ahead and check out our debut episode from our first season that dives deep into how we became fans of the Blaney Racing family. You can interact with us on Twitter and Facebook at Team Blaney, and then also on Instagram at team.blaney. And then finally, we want to encourage you to help support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization is championed by Ryan and his family and supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation on, online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org and on all of their active social media accounts. And they do have a golf outing at Top Golf in Charlotte coming up, but they're still looking for 
uh, supporters and sponsors and players of all skill levels um, that's going to be coming up this year and i'm sure it's going to be a great fundraising event but for now and for my co-host steve i'm adam rogers we'll catch you next time right here on the team blaney podcast good night brussels good night dublin well thanks everybody for coming hope you enjoyed it